Okay. Oops. All right. All right. Uh, you ready to do this uh, shenanigan? Shut up and record. I am. We're shut up. Uh, what? And do the podcast. Okay. Sounds sounds good to me. Shut up. This is Cody Dagalorians. This is Neil Dagalorians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Bearded Fruit. Yay. Yay. I did it. You did it. I wow. know. I, I don't know. know what to do now that my brand has been taken from me thusly. Oh, it's no, no, don't worry. Your brand is fine. It better be. Yeah, it's totally fine. Divorce. No. That's a terrible way to start a new episode. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Bearded Fruit. We're breaking off. And you had two podcasts. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be fruit. He's going to be bearded. Yes. That's how we break up the... Oh, yes. Welcome to the fruit podcast. Welcome I'm, to the bearded podcast. I'm talking about Dole today. I guess, man. I'm talking about beards. That'd be really sad. Let's not, that, that can never happen. Okay. Let's shake hands on it. Handshake. Cool. <laughs> That was the audio that I inserted. Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, this week we are talking about uh, something hilarious. Latino Americans. <laughs> it's terrible that I'm laughing. No. That, <laughs> he has a book. I have a book that's all about the history of Latino Americans mm-hmm. in uh, this country. And uh, he just is sitting next to the shelf and read it i don't actually think latinos are hysterical i mean some of them are but i don't john think... leguizamo is hilarious yeah but i mean i'm just saying like i'm not like oh latinos ha ha, ha. <laughs> what a joke like i don't that's not how i feel except for jay julian christopher oh my god he's so hilarious <laughs> he's so hilarious but he's i don't think it's necessarily his latino-ness that makes him hilarious although it helps it, sure. yeah but like he's just one of the most hilarious people i've ever Anyway, Matt. what are we talking about today? So, okay. What are we anyway, talking about? This week we're talking about gay misogyny. Oh, that's funny. Because it's hilarious, right? No. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about gay misogyny and talk about um, how you might know you're a gay misogynist. We have some some hints and tips. It's very Jeff Foxworthy of and, you. Uh, and also just generally about how gay misogyny is causing some negative things for uh, the gay community and for the community of people who are humans at large. <laughs> and for the community of people who may be affected by misogyny. Right. Spoiler so, alert, everyone. everyone. So this week, theadvocate.com ran an article online called 15 Signs You're a Gay Misogynist. Ooh. Yeah, right? Uh, by Alexander Chavez. And um, Chavez. I'm, I think it's Chavez. Um, and so it, it's one of those like listicle kind of things, but it uh, highlights some telltale signs that your gay ass, no matter how fabulous it is, may be promoting misogyny. Mm. So I picked like eight of them for us to go through and just uh, like... Promoting misogyny like it's a brand deal. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it's on a weedy I drink spot. misogyny. Um, some do. Mm. But uh, so, so if you're out there listening and you're not sure if you are a gay misogynist... Here's some ways to see if you are. Number one, your grinder or scruff or growler profile says mask for mask. Mm. Is that you? It's not me. And and for, for those of us who um, don't get the visual cue in that verbal, mm-hmm. 
slang that's mask as in masculine, not yeah. as in something that you put on your face. No, not like if you're if you're the Phantom of the Opera and are looking for someone else who's been hideously scarred. I've been doing a lot of mask work lately. <laughs> right. Uh, number two, you act disgusted at the mention of vaginas. I know, I know some people like that. I'm disgusted at that entire idea. Uh, what is, where does that put me? The entire idea of of somebody being disgusted by vaginas. Oh, right. No, I agree. Uh, which puts you in a good place. Is there an asterisk there that like discusses the whole idea of being a quote unquote gold star gay? No, but we can later. F- furthermore, a platinum star gay, right. which is also a thing apparently. So ridiculous. Um, another one. You freely call women bitches and think it's okay because you're gay. To be fair, you do that. No, I no. See, okay, see, there's there was a discussion about this like in the comments on this article, and I thought about it. No, I don't call women bitches. You call. I there are people who behave in such a way that makes them like that makes them bitches. Literally, I was just thinking about like any conversation you've ever had with your friend Tiana. <laughs> Literally, that's all no, I'm thinking of right but, now. Okay, but no, but that's just being shady. We don't actually call people bitches. Mm-hmm. And we don't mean it like, oh, that woman, she's a, we don't, that's not how we are. Um, but we, we'd certainly like have been like, oh my God, that is some really bitchy behavior. I call our dog a bitch all the time. But she's a female dog. So true. Um, another one, you think promiscuity is an acceptable part of gay culture, but you think promiscuous women are sluts. Ooh. And that's, I know. Yeah. We see that. I see that. I would say that I saw that a lot. Uh, during the campaign and now post campaign with the way people are sort of treating Melania Trump because she Ooh. did nude photos. You know, like these are dudes who are like, oh, yo, I went to the white party and just had a total orgy. But Melania Trump is a slut. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. So they, they turn into like some kind of gossipy gay from the 1920s whenever it, they start talking about Melania Trump. Correct. That is exactly. Which, by the way, what I happens. did not realize that it's pronounced Melania. I've been pronouncing it Melania this whole no, time. No, Melania. Melania. Yeah. I Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you believe queer spaces exist exist primarily for gay men Ooh, right like right. yeah yeah they don't they exist for queer people of all kinds of queer people not just for gay dudes all of the queers yeah. um you have certain ideas about how feminine women should act mm. ah yes melania trump again melania. that women should behave in a certain way or and then the last one you have certain ideas about how men gay straight or bi should behave mm. so these rules about like what makes you a dude like that horrible meme that continues to resurface every so often is like i'm not gay i'm uh, just a guy who likes dudes i i can change a tire on my car and, and I, I don't sh- i don't firewood i don't care about fashion i don't like shopping but i like sucking dick <laughs> right i mean whatever yeah and i'm assuming that there's like further breakdowns of this listicle on the actual article yes that you there, should read there that. is but like these are some things so like if you are any of those things you may be a gay misogynist you may be a gay misogynist mm-hmm. if you like sucking six dicks at a time but then call a woman who does it a whore you might be a gay misogynist <laughs> i don't know that that kind of standard routine would really sell as well as jeff foxworthy's you might no, be a redneck if. no i don't think it would either no i don't know we can try we can see if logo will give us a special don't sue us jeff no um and so i thought it was a really interesting article because as i was reading it i'm going uh-huh yep that's oh yep yep no that's i'm, I'm with you i'm with you there um and then interestingly he makes all these really great points but then you go to the comments because never go to the comments you have to put your like 
boots on because you're going to wade into the septic tank. That is Never the go to the comments. Dudes were coming out of the woodwork criticizing this, using all of the standard attacks like, oh, you're just a social justice warrior. Oh, this is reverse sexism, which I didn't even know that existed. Um, and then the, the my favorite one of recently, this divides us instead of brings us together. Yeah, pointing out shitty behavior is dividing is people. Is dividing people, right, instead of the shitty behavior being actually divisive. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I know everybody sit down for this because I'm going to th- completely blow your mind and surprise you. It's almost universally comments by white gay men. I'm sorry, what? Insert falling sound effect I, <laughs> I, I for one am snatched uh right i'm bald completely completely my yes. edges are asunder yeah and well we don't really we don't have edges i, I was i know okay just making that we know that wow okay anyway, anyway. so um so yeah what's the problem with gay misogyny the same with regular misogyny, only worse. <laughs> right, I agree. Um, so, uh, well, first, before I even get into that, you should definitely check out the advocate.com article, 15 Signs You're a Gay Misogynist. It's um, got some fun little, and I agree, each of the points is kind of, uh, there's a little description and he digs into these ideas, but uh, it's worth checking out if you have uh, an opportunity to. Check it out now. We'll wait. Yeah. Um, and so this piece actually sort of sits next to another piece that I found uh, while kind of researching this episode and wanting to talk about gay misogyny. This really terrific piece that was on MTV.com by a writer named Justin Clay called Discovering Mask for Mask. And mm. in it, he talks about how, sort of like how he became really aware of gay misogyny as um, an idea and why it's a problem and why we need to think about it. Uh, So this is something from that piece, Discovering Mask for Mask by Justin Clay. Quote, while I believe that nothing is wrong with being and expressing yourself in whatever way you desire, whether masculine, feminine, or androgynous, it's undeniable that masculine acting queer men reap unparalleled benefits of the patriarchal dividend and receive unwarranted advantages for being male and masculine in a society that devalues and antagonizes femininity. This leaves room for misogynistic gay men to flaunt their male privilege while screaming for their exclusionary gay rights. Yeah, so essentially the idea, if this is what I'm gathering from him, is like you can be masculine and queer and you can also be attracted to masculinity within queer men, but there's something problematic about about basically using the systems of misogyny and sexism to your advantage and and not creating space with your privilege. Correct, not, yes. Not creating space, not creating understanding and awareness, using your privilege. Like there's something, and, and, and in fact, it, denying space is mm-hmm. really what's being, pro- like that's the problematic part is that it's not just not creating space, but it's denying space to feminine gay men or what have you. Correct, and and I think what, what I like about this is... is what Justin Clay is interestingly sort of saying is that, um, you know, it doesn't, you can, you can be a dude who likes another dude who's sort of presents masculinely. And that's a perfectly valid, you can wear your hat backwards on your head if you want. Yeah, you can, but you should also do that. And at the same time, acknowledge that your masculinity and in a lot of cases, your whiteness and maleness afford you a considerable amount of privilege in this society, because that's a, that's a kind of person that's privileged. Mm -hmm. And if you are not aware that you are advantaged by your maleness and your masculinity and your whiteness, um, and think that you exist in the same kind of marginalized space that 
trans women of color occupy simply because you're gay, you're really fooling yourself and you're, you're, you're perpetuating problematic mm-hmm. systems. And like, can we also take five seconds to comment? This is totally within the same line of reasoning. The idea of describing oneself as straight acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's super problematic because, or, or like, like I've seen guys be like, my friends would never have guessed I'm that kind of guy. And it's like, okay, here's your cookie. Like, <laughs> congratulations. Congratulations. You can hide. Congratulations yeah. that you're safer than me. Like, congratulations, all these other things. And to a certain extent, we like fit into that mold. Cause like. Dudes think that you're my dad all the time for that reason. Like, I mean, people, yes. people think that we're related first before even thinking that maybe we have a romantic connection mm-hmm. because it's like it's easier for them to under, to think about two dudes with beards hanging out with each other because they're related in a familial sense than it is than like us like sleeping in the same bed. Right. Like it, it, it's easier for them and it's more comfortable for them to consider that, um, which is true for most. Anyway, um, but like the the idea with straight acting is just like. Okay, and like you're still actively seeking not straight behavior. Mm. Like you're still actively trying to not be straight by hooking up with a dude. So what's the point in calling yourself straight acting because you're not? Like actions speak louder than words. Yeah, well, and I think too, in terms of like that whole the notion of straight acting, and um, then then by extension, a lot of this misogyny that exists within the gay community, it come it stems from this pressure that you feel as a gay person to to fit in as as another guy like you know like you're guys being dudes yeah yeah like the, the assumption is when it, the, there's a lot of pressure for for people who are queer to not be queer and when you're a dude the pressure is not just for you to not be queer but also not to be feminine as well like you're it's not just like you, you shouldn't be gay but you should also not be gay and also not be feminine don't ever do anything that looks like a girl uh because then you're going to be assumed to be gay and so when you're in that weird period of trying to figure yourself out i think a lot of i would imagine gay dudes my age uh when you're trying really hard not to be found out you you not you like naturally gravitate toward overtly masculine behavior you prize the masculine because that helps you to hide like smoking from a pipe or wearing bow ties everywhere or okay well i but i call out no hold on but i like (laughs) bow ties because i think they're sexy and i think they're cool and there's something about the the ritual of a bow tie that i really really like and yeah Ooh, daddy. And the same thing, the same thing with like, no, but like the same thing with pipes too. Like there's some, there's, there's like a process to it and it's like this ritual and there's this, these kind of vestiges of old fashioned masculinity that I'm, I'm really particularly attracted to. It's not that I think those things help me to hide. Fun fact, Cody actually rides a penny farthing to work every day. I do. That's I, how old-fashioned masculine he is. <laughs> I do. And he my gets name on is I-84 actually, and you just go... Yeah. My name is actually Witherspoon. Witherspoon? Yes, that's how old... What about a fork? No. But no, but I think that for a lot of... This misogyny kind of stems from that gravitating toward masculine things because those things helped you to hide. Mm-hmm in the culture well and what's interesting too is that all things homophobia are just incredibly focused and distilled versions of misogyny Mm -hmm. like homophobia um pretty much stems from the notion that men are supposed to act a certain way and that um feminine traits are inherently inferior to masculine traits so if anything like the idea of and like you you even see this you, you you see this play out within 
within gay men where like there's like bottom bashing where like like mm. men who are bottoms or prefer to bottom are considered like weaker or they're considered not as manly necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like that's a very strange form of oppression. That's a very strange like um like really like for 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 dudes who are like quote unquote total tops, you literally require like you you require this person to enact in a role in order to get your jollies off and yet you're also going to consider them inferior? Right. Like like you're really going to go there, queen? Okay. Like okay, I see you, um, and and so like there's there's all sorts of really interesting nuanced ways that this plays out, and more than just how we treat women, but also how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. No, I think it totally yeah, I completely agree, um, and I think this is this interestingly ties into your conversation about um, <clears throat> about like straight acting. Uh, so there's something also in that the the article by Justin Clay, which I thought was really interesting, and. Um, he writes, we are all products of the societies that we live in, and so are our ways of thinking, even what we find to be attractive. We are all imperfect in this way, but we must constantly question the systems of power in our lives. Why do we find certain characteristics to be attractive, and what ideologies could have contributed to how we view different things? And I've always thought this to be very true in the whole discussion about mask for mask, and uh, even so far as bringing in the conversation about like no blacks, no Asians. I'm just my it's just my preference. That whole it's just my preference argument, which is like okay, fine, maybe you do look at uh, like a like a buff white dude with a beard and say okay, that's what I'm attracted to, but those attractions. The, the attractions that are these preferences in these ways don't exist in vacuums. Like, they come from somewhere. We're trained and taught to like those things because a patriarchal, racist culture prizes them. Mm-hmm. And, and a misogynist culture prizes those things. If our culture prized crazy feminine dudes, like, then we would all be after... That's who we'd be going after. That would be what we would go after because the society would we would have been conditioned all of our lives to want that and aspire to that and Mm -hmm. see that as beautiful. Yeah. And like, there's also like, I I would really be interested in like reading some kind of like ethnography or like a study about, um, incredibly masculine queer men who are attracted to incredibly feminine queer men. Cause I wonder, I wonder like, like you're, you're talking about like, yes, those attractions don't exist in a vacuum. So then like, um, I, I've always wondered like, do those attractions exist because, um, we as men are are socialized to be straight and to to um, prize femininity. So, are there queer men who are queer and um, are masculine, and they and they seek out and are attracted to feminine men because of that? Like, I'm really interested in, in that conversation and 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 what and figuring out like like those kinds of things because to me that doesn't necessarily make sense because it doesn't align with my own attractions mm-hmm. and I can totally see where my attractions come from so I wonder about those kinds of things yeah I mean um I don't really have an answer for that I wish I had like a well, how dare you I know I don't really have an answer how dare you you're the wise one oh <laughs> I'm just here for color Please. like comedy like like, <laughs> like jokes okay Wow. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. So about that divorce of ours. Hey, come on. <laughs> I can make that joke. My parents are divorced, unlike some um, people in this conversation. Okay. I'm coming for you. I, so apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Apparently. Oh, yikes. 
Yeah, like I don't know. I I think I was in in especially in the advocate article. The thing I was really uh, that really resonated to me was his brief discussion about um, in the gay community misogyny playing itself out also in the way that we expect other guys to behave, the way we expect men to behave. How many times um, have you heard somebody refer to somebody else having a purse falling out of their mouth? Right, 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 right. Um, and and but I, and I think I I know that. I mean, I feel that I, re- I relate to that that journey because I growing up where I grew up and at the time I grew up, um, hiding and passing was really important. Mm-hmm. Like it was really, really very important. And so all of those really negative, hyper-masculine and clearly misogynist things were important to me. because And they were not just important, but v- were valuable to me. Because if I could pass then I didn't get beaten up or I could get through a day at school without being called you fat faggot and whatnot and like that made life somehow bearable to me and I think that's true for a lot of men and they sort of see their I think there are a lot of gay men who still hold on to these who who, who hold on to those survival mechanisms from their youth and think that because they help them survive and because that those things help them get through that they're still okay to hold on to because they were oppressed as well that we can i can continue to go ew vagina and because i'm a gay dude and and i i suffered a lot and i you know people called me faggot and whatever growing up and that's how like and i can hold on to that and that's okay I had a hard childhood, so I can oppress women. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> ah! well, and it goes to the idea, and that, like, right there, yes. And it, it also seems to be a very troubling trend in the gay community, too, to not understand that your one oppression card doesn't eliminate you from all the other oppressive groups that you can belong in. Like, Well, I've, I haven't heard it in a while, but, like, I've definitely heard a lot when I was younger people who would legitimately say oh I can't be racist I'm gay it's like oh, really queen yeah like I haven't seen that as nearly as often as, as I have as I, as I do yeah. now but like it's definitely a thing that that's a that's definitely an idea that perpetuates well I certainly think that that there's a, a large number of people who gay men white gay I mean it's white it's white gay guys I don't know why I even it's white gay guys because there's racialize the most, it uh, there's the most oblivious ones um that white there are a lot of white gay men who think that they are literally walking through the world through that one identity of being gay, that their whole experience and the way they interact with the world is as a gay person. And they're so because they, they're only seeing their identity through one particular lens and think that their interactions with the world are simply as a gay person. They don't recognize that they also interact through the world as a man. Mm -hmm. You also interact through the world as a white person. Mm -hmm. And those intersectional identities can cause problems. Yeah, you can be gay all day long and still be racist. You can be gay all day long and still be a misogynist. Well, and that's true with any any factor that that somebody might have that puts them in a majority or dominant group. Like I, I can imagine, white women can see the world as a woman, but don't necessarily see the world as a white person, let alone a white woman. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's the entire the entire conceit of white feminism is literally that. Yeah, is literally the notion that you see yourself as a woman and a woman only, and you don't see like how um, intersections. I'm making hashtag yeah. signs with my fingers. Yeah, you don't see where the intersections can cause problems, mm-hmm. and I find that 
because I sort of, and I can speak to this as a white gay dude. Um, on the whole, those three identities, in in as they as they're expressed in themselves, particularly as a, in me, they're not really marginalized anymore. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the, these white gay guys who are like, no, we're gay, so we understand marginalization, and we can't be those things. Dude, you are not marginalized anymore. Contextually speaking, yes. Like your whiteness was never really, your whiteness was never marginalized. Your maleness was never marginalized. And in a large way, your gayness isn't anymore either. Mm -hmm. Particularly if you're mask for mask Mm -hmm. and straight acting, as they say. I mean, there's definitely some geographical leeway in that. Yes. And then also like, um, like there, there are definitely people who, who have expressed those views that I've seen who aren't necessarily masculine gays they're kind of feminine gays and like like they their their form of manlyhood may be um, may have been and may be like kind of threatened to a certain extent some days but that still doesn't mean that they're not contributing yeah you know like um just because yeah just like you said just because you're oppressed one way doesn't mean you're not oppressing yourself and it, it's like saying that like um like, like um, people of color can't contribute to racism, and that's not true at all. Like, in terms of interpersonal racism, like, not true at all. But, I mean, that's a whole other conversation that two white dudes shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, because we, we don't. <laughs> right. the, what are we talking? I don't right. actually know things. Um, Clay ends his article with a, an interesting thought, and um, it's something that we have said before, but so we'll let him reiterate the point while misogyny and homophobia are two separate yet often overlapping spheres of oppression they are only pieces of the story when it comes to gender sexuality and systems of identity race socioeconomic status ability global position and other sexualities and genders are also part of this broader story that need to be told and listened to in order to achieve true equality Uh, and like preach on that's absolutely true i mean we I have said many times in our episodes that um, unless there's justice for everyone, then there's justice for no one. Martin like, Luther King Jr. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, right. I'm not saying that uh, I no, came up with that. No, no I mean, I'm just, I'm just doing the dash quotation. Yeah, like I'm the footnote. I'm your footnote. That's okay. Is that a? Is that a? Everybody's fetish? Lo- everybody's looking for their footnote is in the world. A, but yeah, you know, we've said that a lot. That that <clears throat> as. As some of us, like particularly in the in the LGBT community, since we're an LGBT focused conversation, as some of us in the in the community achieve certain privilege, certain levels of privilege, it's our responsibility to turn around and make sure that those who are not achieving the same amounts of privilege, uh, we use our privilege to help change that to bring people up where we are. It's like thinking about being on some on a ladder as we move up the ladder you turn behind to give someone a hand to bring them up instead of just leaving them on the rung behind you don't do that on actual ladders though no i wouldn't know i'm we're talking a metaphorical ladder metaphorical ladders do do what you want you can't actually fall right exactly but but i have found that a lot there are a lot of people who are climbing up this ladder and they're moving into socially respectable positions in society and they're looking back at Trans people, people of color, queer people of color, uh, women, gender fluid people, gender nonconforming people, and are going, see ya. Well, and even <laughs> in some cases, in a lot of cases, it's yeah. it's people climbing over those people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stonewall. Right. Like, I mean, 
and and I think that's that 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 isn't a way for a community to behave, and it's it's not a way for a human being to behave. You know, part of our responsibility in this in this community, uh, speaking of the LGBT, the queer community, is to behave as though we are a community and embrace everyone in it and not try to think that our particular concerns are the only concerns in the universe and that we should do what we can to make sure that everybody achieves some equal space that we make space for them yeah but that's hard well yes of course it's hard but it's necessary to do you know do you just want to sit on your laurels while in our house with our dog and our married life while other people are still like re- literally fighting for their lives. Is that really too much to ask? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's joking. Oh. Although even though you're joking, like I'm going, I'm my anger is rising. I'm like, how oh, dare you? I just want to hang out. No, we're oh. going to fight for what's I'm right. Play Pokemon now. He, no, literally, that's what's going to happen. You have been playing Pandemic. This. I see you on your phone trying to like kill the world with a virus. <laughs> it's called Plague. Okay, Pandemic was the original one. Yeah, no, but you're very true. Um, it's called Plagway. No, right. It's Italian for Plague. So, in, in summation, doo, 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 uh, no, just don't be a misogynist, please, out there. Please. I that was know. your theater kid coming out. I know. I, I That was your, I'm at theater camp. No, like I had three cups of coffee today, which is more than I normally have. So I'm a little like, I'm a little wired now. Um, don't be a misogynist, gay, gay men. Come on, man. Don't do it. Everybody has a mom. Yeah. Well, and- uh, that, that, that shouldn't even matter. <laughs> it's, you should, no, 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 no. Okay. Funny that you mentioned this because then I can I can rant a little bit about this. So back um, whenever Donald Trump was being all like super hateful toward women and, and during grabbing by the pussy, and there were men who were like, "Well, as a father and uh, as a father and a husband, I find this so repulsive." Uh, you shouldn't have to be married to a woman or uh, give birth to a woman to be concerned about women. Like you should just, as a human being, be a person and not and like. Be opposed to misogyny is what you should. Are you done? <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm just checking Instagram. Are you Sorry. Done? I really, that made me so angry. Uh, no, it's not as a, I just don't be a misogynist period. Just as a human being, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But it's also accurate to say everyone has a mom. <laughs> everyone does have a mom. <laughs> yes. Some moms are better than other moms. Some moms that well, let's just say some moms are more, more present and active and not say better. It's not just like the... there are some shitty moms out there. Okay, though. but do we really want to end on that note? Yes, we do. You know who you are, shitty moms. <laughs> My mom is a saint. My mom's pretty great too. Yeah, I'm not saying anything about your mom. I'm saying about my mom yeah, right now. I mean, do you think that they're listening to the podcast ever? Maybe. I don't. I don't think so. Mommy, I love you. I love my mom too. Well, love we're not too, talking mom. about Glinda, mommy. <laughs> oh my god. This episode is the worst. <laughs> You're welcome. This is why we shouldn't take a week off. It may be so. Um, as always, we really appreciate all the support that you uh, give us. So uh, if you would like to demonstrate that support... <laughs> Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. While you're there, you can leave us a review, which um, 
you know, I, it's always fun to see. Uh, leave us some stars and let people know that you like what it is that we're doing. Uh, also, head over to Facebook and friend us. You can find us there at Bearded Fruit. And you can find us on the web at www.beardedfruit.com. You can't stop the music. <laughs> Hi, I'm my name's Katrina. Um, <clears throat> I'm Joe to you. Yeah, that's that's what you're giving me right now. Sorry. That is the fantasy you are living, well, and I'm here know, for it. I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. my thing. You are wearing some sweatpants that might be a size too small. Maybe. And you are dancing around, and then suddenly you're in a field? Okay, that was tangential, but... Really, do all those things. Go find us on Facebook. Check us out on the web. Subscribe to the podcast. Like and subscribe. And share the the podcast with other people who you think might like it. When we get to January, when we get to January, in January, um, some new things are going to be showing up uh, around in and around the podcast. So um, spread the word. Uh, there'll be ways for you to kind of bring the Bearded Fruit conversations from your your headset or your computer out into the world and into your own communities. So spread the word about the podcast, continue listening, like, subscribe, friend, whatever you can do, whatever you do. I don't know. What fun word are we using for our subscribers and fans? Um, I feel like fruits is too easy. Right. And fruit flies already has like a bad thing to it. Um, what about like, I don't know. I don't know. Fruit baskets. Well, I mean, that that's a that's a thing that holds multiple. So yeah. maybe like as a whole, they're the basket. Okay, yeah. Or like, like, I don't know. They are in the basket. Um, go on Facebook and suggest names for bearded fruit fans. Like, what comment, should subscribe. you be called? Uh, Grapes. Because no. they're they're in bunches. Okay, but we have like five fans. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. And if, if, if he means even, six, I know. And we love all six of you very, very much. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, as always, we, we really appreciate all of your support. And uh, hopefully over the next year, you will be sticking around with us as we grow and expand into new things. Um, until we see you next week. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful winter week. Five out of six of our fans are just our moms with different accounts. Oh, that's the saddest ending possible. Goodbye. Good, good night. <laughs> <laughs>